Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. In Fresno County, an emergency hospital declaration has just been lifted, despite area hospitals still dealing with an overcrowding crisis. KVPR's Sarith Hawk reports. The Fresno County Board of Supervisors agreed. Local hospitals are in trouble. Underlying this short-term state of emergency, there's actually a bigger crisis. Supervisor Steve Brandau highlighted the financial burden facing hospitals in the Central Valley, which serve a higher rate of government-funded Medi-Cal and Medicare patients. Our hospitals are not getting reimbursed at the rate that allows them to be sustainable. Higher costs for staffing and supplies have made matters worse. The declaration was announced in January, shortly after Madera Community Hospital closed and forced Fresno's hospitals to absorb those patients. It was also during a surge in respiratory illnesses that severely reduced bed capacity. But we do have this crisis that's continuing. I kind of feel like we're a pot of water boiling and every once in a while we boil over. Dr. Danielle Campaign is the ER chief at Community Regional Medical Center, Fresno's only level one trauma center and the only one between L.A. and Sacramento. The emergency declaration was meant to get the attention of state and federal agencies, but so far, no additional resources for aid. For the California Report, I'm Sarith Hawk in Fresno. Madera Community Hospital is one of the many hospitals facing financial hardships across the state. In fact, half of California's hospitals lose money every day, and experts predict many more will follow. KQED health correspondent Leslie McClurg explains why. The pandemic created the perfect storm to bankrupt hospitals. In the beginning, facilities scrambled to build specialized COVID units. Very sick patients stayed much longer than usual. During surges, a lot of hospitals depended on travel nurses who can charge $300 an hour. It all added up. The net impact of that was that California's hospitals during the Two years of the pandemic at its peak lost $20 billion. Carmela Coyle is the president and CEO of the California Hospital Association. The federal government provided $8 billion in relief, but that has left California hospitals with $12 billion in losses. Then you add inflation. Labor costs have increased by 19%. Pharmaceutical costs are up 40%. The cost of that is just exorbitant. And finally, there's Medi-Cal reimbursements. One out of three Californians are on Medi-Cal, meaning the state covers their medical expenses because they're low income. But the state only reimburses 74 cents on every dollar of cost. If the state isn't paying its fair share of those costs, it creates losses for the hospital. The situation is precarious in Imperial County, Tulare County, Hollister in the Central Coast region, and Eureka up north. When will this implode? Like, it's not a matter of if, but like, like when will this implode? Nicole Braxley was an ER doctor in Sacramento during the pandemic. 
She says acute care in hospitals is dire. Patients all across the state and the country are waiting six, eight, sometimes 24 hours for care in the emergency room. There is no bed with which to see the patient, and all I want to do is see the patient. That's why some facilities are training doctors to treat patients in the lobby. We call it vertical care. You know, we say if a patient can stay vertical and they don't need to be horizontal on a bed, they don't get a bed. You know, you sit in a chair. Those patients can still receive blood tests, EKGs, and even an IV in the waiting room. We safety pin the IV bag to the wall. We put up little coat hooks. She says lobby medicine is miserable for both patients and doctors, but it's often the only option. The California Hospital Association is asking the governor for $1.5 billion in immediate relief, and they are lobbying for an increase in Medi-Cal reimbursements over time. For the California Report, I'm Leslie McClurg. Hi, I'm Tyler Foggett. Join me and my colleagues as we go beyond the headlines and deepen your understanding of the forces shaping our world today on The Political Scene, a newly updated podcast from The New Yorker. With episodes three times each week, The Political Scene accesses the sharpest minds in politics for insight and analysis about everything from abortion rights to the war in Ukraine. Make sure you're following The Political Scene, available now wherever you get your podcasts. A young correctional officer. He said it was the most dangerous prison in California. Forced to make a choice, fulfill his oath or back his fellow officers. Recognize the badge of my office. I'm Suki Lewis from KQED Podcasts comes on our watch season two, New Folsom. A story about who gets hurt when the system that promises to keep us safe is bent on protecting itself. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. For the second year in a row, there's an effort underway to reform and significantly reduce the use of solitary confinement in California. Cap Radio's Kate Wolf reports. The Mandela Act would prohibit jails, prisons, and immigration detention facilities from holding people in solitary confinement for more than two weeks in a row. It would ban the practice altogether for incarcerated people who are pregnant, disabled, younger than 26, and older than 59. Vanessa Ramos is a community organizer with Disability Rights California. In 2001, she was sent to an L.A. County jail. She was a teenager and a new mom and says solitary made her mental health issues worse. I remember, you know, starting to like be so bored that I would pull apart my uniform and I would tweeze my eyebrows from the metal toilet so I could like kind of see myself. Now Ramos is fighting to prohibit the practice. A very similar bill passed in the legislature last year, but was vetoed by Governor Gavin Newsom. He said he'd direct the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation to make its own adjustments to solitary. CDCR says it is currently drafting those new regulations. But Hamid Yazdan Pona, an attorney with immigrant defense advocates, says that's not enough. A comprehensive legislative solution is needed and oversight is needed, independent oversight. You can't send the the fox to guard the hen house, so to speak. The bill is expected to be heard in the legislature later this spring. For the California Report, I'm Kate Wolf in Sacramento. Rasan Thomas, known for his work on the Pulitzer Prize-nominated podcast Ear Hustle, has been released from San Quentin State Prison. It comes more than a year after he was granted commutation from Governor Gavin Newsom, who praised Thomas for his rehabilitation efforts while in prison. 
Thomas was sentenced to more than 55 years in prison for a second-degree murder conviction and other charges after he fatally shot one victim and injured another during a drug deal. But he's been working to rehabilitate his life ever since, including completing college courses and working through several self-help programs. Thomas received dozens of recommendations for clemency. And that's the California Report for Thursday, February 9th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford HealthCare, where their greatest reward is a healthy patient. Paint Care, now with 846 drop-off sites in California, where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, which bets early on exceptional people making the world better. On the web at schmidtfutures.com. Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works, springing from cartoon, the news, and human connection. ODC.dance slash downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions. Online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. Hey, John Favreau here. There's no shortage of political takes in 2024, but quantity doesn't cut it. We need a better conversation about the latest biggest election of our lives. On Pod Save America, me and my co-host cut through the noise to help you figure out what matters and how you can help. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, Pod Save America is breaking down the political news that makes us laugh, cry, and snap our laptops in half. Expensive year for laptops. Make sure to check out new episodes of Pod Save America on your favorite podcast platform or our YouTube channel now.